Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning we align our hearts and our minds with the age-old practice of reading and being encouraged by Scripture. For it is in the reading of Scriptures that our mind is trained and it is in Scripture that we can turn the thoughts of our mind and give attention away from the follies of this world and instead be led to the love of God. It's for our minds and for our hearts. Well, it is in the Scriptures and that old, old story that we are strengthened, that we find peace and the courage to follow our Lord and say, here am I, send me. And so we do as he bids. And we find ourselves today encountering another short excerpt from the book of Acts. And our author, the good Dr. Luke, mentions now for the second time this coming again, this being all in for each other, this way of life in Jesus, this unity, this oneness. Unity to him and to one another. And this should not escape our attention. For today we see divisions everywhere. We see divisions in our world, in our state, in our own denomination, in our congregation, in our neighborhoods, in our homes. And so when we look at Acts 4, verse 32, that all the believers were one in heart and mind. We must draw our attention here. Heart meaning that emotional, that spiritual mind meaning the knowledge, having a like attitude, a common faith, being full of care and compassion for one another, trusting in one another, being in complete unity, one in heart and mind. What would you give for this? To be one in heart and mind to be fully one in heart and mind with your spouse? One in heart and mind with your family? One in heart and mind with those that you work with, those that you worship with? Actually, if we think about it, that's really the wrong question. It's not what would you give, but it's what would you give up? What would you be willing to let go of for being one in heart and mind. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. And with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. From, from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. There are in our text today two main things that would stand in opposition to the oneness, to our fellowship, to our unity. The two things mentioned in the text before us, the first is our possessions things. Possessions have a way of wrapping themselves around our heart and our mind and covering them, suffocating them. And while in and of themselves they're not evil, 
It is in the focus and the place and the power that we give them over our hearts and minds where they twist and poison. He cannot lead us to green pastures or still waters if we're too busy looking for our own green grass with a thirst that seeks to be satiated by things that are rooted in obsolescence. It's hard to have a table prepared for you or a cup that he would overflow when we're too busy holding it tight and concerned with filling our barns and our cupboards. Why dwell in the house of the Lord if we can buy or make a better one on our own? As disciples of the Lord Jesus, we have to pray that God would peel back the layers of our hearts and would do like he has done for Lazarus. So that when Lazarus died and was wrapped up as a dead man, when Jesus called him out of that tomb, he said, take off those grave clothes and let him go. Unwrap them so that he may have life. The second that stands in opposition of one heart and mind is our very selves, the face we see when we look in the mirror. There is no need for a shepherd when we can scroll and swipe away to fill the desires of our hearts. There is no need to be restored by him when we know that we are perfectly competent and able to do that ourselves. Thank you very much. Called to wait and trust in his rod and staff? Why, if we can get our own with two-day shipping? Look to him for what is right? Why? We can decide what is goodness and what is truth. And we can decide who and why mercy should be given and where and how often. A self says one heart, one mind, as long as it is mine. You know, there wouldn't be any problems if everyone just thought and did like I do. And if God would just listen to me for once. It's only a few words, but it's clear, friends, that we have fallen and stumbled, that we have been tripped up by the very things that we ourselves have done and the very things that we ourselves have thought, sought. We abandoned unity and fellowship in the pursuit of happiness and self. So I say we stand right where we are or sitting right where we are, stop and do what we have been taught from the beginning. To not look at the self, to not look at the things of this world that poison our hearts and our minds any longer, but instead to look to Christ, to look to Jesus, to the one who turned away from self, who turned away from the things of this world and instead embraced the cross. You know the scripture from Philippians. He who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. 
and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God our Father. One heart, one mind, it is he himself who has made us one. He has given us the unity that we could never achieve on our own. Not by anything that we have done, not by the color of our skin, not by our status, not by our stuff, but by Him alone on the cross. That is the oneness, one heart, one mind, that has been sealed for us in the waters of baptism, given to us in the bread and the wine, united to Him, His heart, His mind. He has given us life, community. One heart, one mind is not an ideology or a system or a party that we align or subscribe to. It is the heart and mind of Jesus that we are being made one with. And it is only there that we will find the peace that we so desperately need. Community is never found in our things or alone by ourself, but it is in those around us whom God himself has placed around us. It is you and me together. We have been placed into, given a community that is to be marked very clearly by love and sharing Jesus. Sharing Christ with our words and with our service and with our resources. That's why in the middle of this text, the apostles' testimony is mentioned here. Because in this discussion of one heart and mind, and the call for giving up of your possessions and self, there is this grace and power behind it all, which is the words of Jesus. The message, the gospel. That is shared from one to another. If we want to be of one heart and mind, we have to share the words which really are just his words. For his words, his gospel offers and gives life and brings change. It is in his words that we are transformed, that we are made new, that we are reminded of the triumph that we have received and encouraged. Encouraged with hope and his promise. We can marvel at the eternal difference that one person can do by sharing their faith to another. How eternally inviting a friend to church, praying with a hurting neighbor, can change someone. None of us are here because we got here on our own. But because someone else told us, someone else spoke to us. That is the power and the grace of the testimony of Jesus Christ. That you and I have been called to share and to speak. And if we want to be one heart, one mind, then we share Christ with our words. And we also do it with our service. For with our service, it's just the continuation of the rest restoration that Jesus has already brought. And by serving and loving one another, we offer and give life and bring about change. 
For it is when we serve that people can be transformed. Show love. People are encouraged. Don't ever forget that the ordinary acts that we practice every single day at home are of more importance to our soul than the simplicity that they look like. Where do you start with serving? For me, I go to the book of Nehemiah. And I see the people there whose names are written in that book, not because they cured cancer or because they solved the atom. I don't think that's a real thing. I, I forgot what I was going to say there. But their names are there because they took the stones that were in their front yard and moved them and began to build the wall of the city, the community, the part that was right in front of their house. You and I do not need to look very far to see where our acts of service are needed. And if you want to work, you just let me know. I will introduce you to our ministry of supporting vulnerable children and families in need. Families that we have fed, that we have brought VBS to, but families that need our care and our community like nothing else. You would be surprised at how far just dropping off a single meal goes. What it means to a parent to have someone drive their child to the doctor's office, to practice, to school. What being a mentor for two hours once a month will do to that child. It's through sharing Christ with our service that our community is changed. And lastly, we share Christ with our resources. And if we want to be one in heart and mind, we must do that. We must give away our possessions and our money. Offer and give them back to Him. It's in giving our things that we live by faith. It's in giving away our stuff that we don't put ourselves or our possessions first, but instead we answer the call to put God first. Giving our money away is not by any means the highest calling. That our Lord teaches is love. But giving away our money sure does fight against the nature of self and the nature of as many possessions as we can have. We give up so that others can have. All believers are one in heart and mind. That is not a goal. That is the mandate. So let us pick up our cross and follow him. Let us give of ourselves so that we can be one in heart and mind.